This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. For those of you that are new to the pod, uh, I'm living in LA and so this Monday episode where I interview a guest, it's now recorded in real life with people from LA, the city of angels, the land of dreams. So today's guest is the wonderful Jackie Diamond. She is an acting teacher, a producer, a director. She's worked in casting. She's headed up the Australian Theatre Company here unstoppable force she's also teamed up and worked with john patrick shanley i mean goals life goals she's worked with larry moss she's worked with ian sinclair uh, this human is super humble and hardworking and pretty unreal if you ask me and i'm very lucky because i get to call jackie my teacher uh, i'm training with her at the Ivana Chubbuck Studio here in Los Angeles. So in the show notes, I'm going to put Jackie's Insta handle. I'm going to put the Ivana Chubbuck Studio details as well. And I will put for the actor website, which is Jackie's personal website as well. So please enjoy this chat. It's really inspiring. She's super courageous, really honest and open and we touch on some some are kind of like my own hang-ups about acting. Like I say, oh, I just hold on to the work so much. And we kind of, um, yeah, I, I get really inspired. And I hope you do too. I'm sure you will because Jackie is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for jumping on the pod, Jackie. You're unreal. Jackie Diamond. We are recording are we officially on? now. Are we on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, acting teacher, producer, director, also worked in casting. Yes. My my first experience and and memories of you were me being a student of yours via Zoom in the pandemic. So great. And you really nurtured me. I love studying acting, but I tell people it's like swimming with sharks. It scares me a lot as well. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that before. And you took so much of that fear away. Oh, good. That from makes me. me so happy. So I'm wrapped to be a student of yours again. But I want to know, like, where did it all begin with you? So you were just saying you grew up in San Diego. Yeah, I grew up in San Diego um, in a very conservative family. And so there was no thought of acting or anything like that. That was kind of a crazy notion. So I didn't even really know what it was. But what I did, what I did love was just stories and make-believe yeah. and and telling stories. And I spent my entire childhood – I was a very strange child, I'll tell you that now. <laughs> <laughs> that might fill in a few blanks for who I am today. <laughs> but I, I was a very that. strange child. I, um, I spent my childhood really just in my own little world. I lived in the world of books. I lived in the world of stories mm. and, I, and, and, you know, just anything make-believe. I would build my own worlds in the backyard or take off on my bike and just find little places that nobody could find and, yeah. you know, just stay there all day with a book and a little snack I would put together and imagine that I was somewhere else fabulous, you know. Oh. So I did all that, but I didn't know what that was. I wouldn't have, you know, now in retrospect it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's – that's somebody who loves being creative and an actor yeah. and who knows. And imagination, imagination as well. Yeah, always the imaginary world, right? I actually had an imaginary friend too. What was it, Snat? Who what? her name? It was a little girl and her name was Nena. Oh, and yeah. um, and Nena was like part of my childhood growing up. She was just like somebody that went with me everywhere on all my adventures. And uh, it's just this so is, funny. This is skipping ahead, but have you ever used Nena as a substitution in Chubby Quirk? I Quirt? never have. I never have. I no. wonder. Yeah, I don't know. She doesn't – I think she, I think she played her role. Yeah. You know, I think we kind totally. of lived that whole – her purpose was fulfilled, you know. So as a kid, you were always into the imaginary world. Yeah. Storytelling was really important to your like, Books. Yeah. Yeah. So then when does it become like, hang on, 
this is my, in, in yoga we call it dharma, like mm-hmm. this is my purpose. Yeah. When does it flick into that? Um, ooh, I think it was a very slow burn because I actually, um, when I was a kid, I started seeing, you know, other kids on TV and doing things yeah. and I'm like, I could do that. You had I a crush could... on Jason Bateman. I did have a crush on Jason Bateman. I still do. Yeah. Why not? Let's oh, just, same. Let's I'll just, join Yeah, let's just say what it is. But he was a child, an amazing child actor like Teen Wolf. And... Yeah, I can't even remember what the show was I used to watch, but it was a sitcom, you know, it was yeah. a comedy sitcom. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I was like, oh, he's very cute. Yeah. He's a very cute. <laughs> but um, who knew he was going to grow up to be even more amazing than, you know, Oh, wow, right? Totally. We're just we're crushing on Jason right now. Totally. Well, no, you and I have <laughs> spoken about him before, but I've also since last time we caught up, I watched some of his interviews like as a kid, like oh, yeah. 15 years old. Yeah. Like so, you know, you're seeing people like that on TV and you're Yeah, thinking, I was seeing I well, I was seeing other like kids my age yeah. that were doing things. And I said to my parents, I said, um, I could be on TV, I could do this, I could act. Why don't you sign me up? How do I do this? I didn't even know what that was. And um, and they had no idea. They're like, I don't know. That's what that's like it seemed like a whole different world. Yeah. Like that wasn't available to us. I don't yeah. know what that was, but it wasn't available. And but I used to watch and think, mm, they're is... doing it. It's gotta be available. It's gotta be, yeah. you know. And so I started doing my own research. I mean, different times. <laughs> yeah. We weren't Googling anything. But I started doing my own research into it. And I was like, these are actors. This is what they are. They're actors. And they have agents and managers that get them these jobs. Yeah. And so I would just be like, I have to get this is what I have to do. I have yeah. to get an agent or a manager. And none of that, everyone would just laugh it off. It was just, it was just the unimaginable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like who thinks of these things, you know? <sighs> Not people in my life growing up. And so I think that's where it all started. And um, and then as I got older, I, you know, I moved to Los Angeles. I, was, I studied fashion design, actually. And then oh, I, I can totally see yeah. that. You've got good vibe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I studied fashion design for a minute. Uh, about a year and a half, and then I moved to LA with the job, and I um, I had flatmates, roommates that mm. were um, actors, of course, because I was in LA and I yeah. shared a house with like four people. And one of the one of my um, roommates said, um, "Oh, I've got this big theater audition. You have to go with me because I need a reader." And I don't. And I'm like, "What? How do I do that? What's What's involved? What's a reader? Yeah, what's yeah. a reader? How do I do that?" Yeah. <laughs> and so he said, "You know, here's the script. Literally, just let's practice it a little bit. And then when I go in for the audition, you just you just read the other lines." I'm like, "Great! This is fun. How much fun is this?" So I went in. It was a little. I can't even tell you what the theater was, but it was a little theater in Hollywood somewhere. And I went in and read for him during the audition. And he booked the role, which was great. But the director asked me, <gasps> offered me a role in the play. And I'm like, I don't, no, I'm not, this isn't what I do. <laughs> this isn't me. This isn't. And he goes, no, I would love for you to do it. And so I was so excited. And I told my roommate, Scott, I was like, he offered me a role. And he got really jealous. No. He's like, but you're not even an actor. And I was like, I know, but, you know, I was like, you know what, 19. And so um, so I went went to rehearsals and I had this scene with this beautiful looking man who was very aware of how beautiful he was. Ah, uh, yes. And yes. he was just not at all interested in the fact that I had no, like I'd never done any acting or anything he, because he had invited all these big wigs, all these like yeah. casting people and studio network people were coming to see it and everything. And he goes, oh. He's like, I've got really important people coming. Like, you know, are you going to be able to do this? And I was like, yes. I mean, yeah. they gave, they offered me the role. I think I can do it. Yeah. You know, because I, I never but thought. But no training at this no, stage. No, nothing. Amazing. No reason to think I could do this, right? And so um, so I went through rehearsals and I was starting to question myself a lot. I had so much self-doubt. Once he started saying that, he's like, oh, this is going to be, the room's going to be filled with a lot of big shots. Oh, my God. It's it, like my career is depending on this. And like, I really, if you're not sure, this is the time to say so. And in the end, I just felt so shaken that I was like, oh, you know, I'm not going to do it, like bring in someone else. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, I don't, you know, I didn't want to be responsible for him not booking something. And it just really shook me. But 
the thrill of the possibility lived with me. And so then, you know, I started taking acting classes and I started, I realized I had a ton to learn, you know, but I had some natural kind of curiosity, I think, more than anything. It wasn't necessarily, I wouldn't say it was a talent, but I had, I've always had a natural curiosity about what would it be like to be that person, you know, just, I would always take on characters. I would mimic people, you know, just that kind of thing. It just loved it. And I've seen uh, on your website you've done you've studied with some of the greats. Yeah, lots of different fabulous so, people over the years. I bet you famously say so you know Meisner, Uta Hagen, Larry Moss, Elizabeth Kemp, but you famously say Ivana Chubbuck Studio is my home. Yeah, it is. It's my home. I started studying um, at the Ivana Chubbuck Studio Almost 20 years ago. And didn't you have to put up a scene recently? Because you're. <laughs> I did, I did. And this is, you know, it's been a long time since I've done any acting myself. And um, But I remember um, another fabulous teacher that I was working with um, who I love, and she, she said to me, you know, if you're not willing to put yourself on that stage and really kind of ask of yourself what you ask of your students, yeah. then you have no business business teaching and it's true it's true it's like it's so daunting Mm. and we get so settled into you know that role of teacher or director or producer or whatever it is and and really for me like acting was so long ago um and I you know you get out of it and you feel rusty and everything to step back into being the one up on the stage and doing it but oh boy it was amazing (gasps) it was amazing I mean honestly and afterwards um, yeah, I had a lot of really great feedback and one of them said, you know, didn't it feel good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, you and I have talked about like there is this moment because I talked to you a little bit about like, oh, I love TV presenting but I also yeah. love acting and acting scares me and I love that. But there's something that sometimes happens with acting and I think I described it to you as like it f- feels like electricity running through your yes. veins or something bigger than you. Like it feels very heart-driven or something that just feels and it's almost like a drug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like I remember when I first had that experience I was like I get it this is what everyone's <laughs> it chasing <makes> <laughs> yeah this is that like elixir almost so I it hats off to you for diving in I don't and I imagine like I think didn't you say it was with Ivana as well like yes. you had so yes you, Ivana said you're going to do the scene yeah. for she had a group of teacher trainees from Europe yeah and um they were all amazing you know doing this work and delving deep into everything and so we needed to do some scenes not we when I say we it was not me I was just uh I was just sort of observing and um and so they needed to have actors put up scenes so that they could um, you know, give them adjustments yeah. and notes and work with them and, and all of that and do their reworks and all that like they would normally as a teacher. And so that was part of their final certification, their testing process. And so Ivana said to me, I need you to do a scene for one of the teacher trainees. Um, it, it'll be really simple, just a small scene. You know, <sighs> you'll be fine. And she's like, you know, it just made me laugh because I thought, how she says you'll be fine, yeah. you know, it's like it's so easy for her to say yeah. that. And yet, you know, it's been, it, it was a long time. But, um, and I'll tell you, it was not easy. And it's a good reminder of what we ask of our students. It's not easy. We ask so much of them. Yeah. And, and, and rightly so, because they need to be asking that much of themselves. Yeah. They need to know that, you know, this is a craft. Mm. It's not something you just wing. It's yeah. it's like it's your instrument, right? So if you were a, a pianist, you would be rehearsing and, and working on your on your technique and your, you know, that's your instrument. But as an actor, you are your instrument. So you have to be doing that all the time. Totally Kim Courageous, who we both know and love. She I interviewed her and but at school she'll often be like, This is your Olympics. Mm-hmm. Like treat this like you're training for your Olympics, like you are yeah. an athlete. And I, that kind of stuck with me because I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. we better take this we better pull our socks up and take this pretty darn seriously. You know? I mean, yeah, absolutely. You you should be taking it pretty darn seriously yeah. if that's what you want to do. Otherwise it's a hobby and you can do, you know whatever you want to do with that. And, and that's not, that's not a bad thing either. I love that people come and do it as a hobby is like, Mm. they want to check it out and see what it's about, but really their real life, they're, you know, I don't know, a veterinarian or whatever else that they do, but they're like, I've always had an inkling for acting. Great. Come and play, you know, come and explore and play. But people who want it to be their, 
you know, that's their thing, you know, that that's their profession and that's their passion they're going to devote their life to, then, then you, yeah, absolutely. You better be treating it seriously, you know, and working every day. And that's one of the things that, you know, um, strikes me as so strange in, in a lot of actors is that they're like, oh, look, you know, I did a class once or, um, or they'll say, I, I didn't really do any training. I'm just, I don't know. I just kind of go with it. And I think, I'm not saying that doesn't exist, that there aren't people who have, have just this natural ability. I know Heath Ledger famously never took any acting classes really? until later. Yeah, later on I think wow. he did. But certainly not when he was, you know, just going for it in the early days. And, there, you know, there's many people like that. But um, it's it's something that if you're not really actively engaged in keeping your skills sharp and growing and developing, then, you know, you it's like anything, right? It's like if you're not training every day, then you're going to get soft muscles. They're going to sag. You're not going to be able to move as quickly. You're not going to be as flexible, as agile. It's the same thing with acting. You have to put the work in, You have to put the work in and you have to put the work in regularly. Yeah. I mean, actors who are who are doing big, big things all the time and booking big roles and, you know, we all see them on the screen and we go, well, they're just great actors. But they're working so hard. Yeah. They're working so hard all the time, I guarantee it. You know, and it's not always being in class every week. You might have an acting coach that you work with or you might, you know, be doing theatre and you're up there working with the director, you know, for a long period of time. I mean, it's just exercising yeah. your skills and sharpening them, you know, and and always remembering that no matter how big or great or where you are in your career, that you're always a student, you know, always, yeah. lifelong learner. Oh, right? I love that. Yeah, always, forever. We all should be. I mean, did we get to the point at any at any stage of our life where we sort of go, you know, that's it, I've learned everything? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I have to ask, what took you to Australia? Because I know you have a massive affinity for Australia. I love Australia and Australians. Um, what took me there was my mind. I decided very early on that I wanted to go to Australia. I was, I think I was 15. Uh, I was about 15 because I, I was in high school. Yeah. And um, I had always dreamt of going to New York and pursuing, you know, theatre and acting oh, and everything. Yeah. But at 15, I had this big switch because um, a lot of things, I think, but, you know, for me personally, I, like I told you, I was a weird kid and I lived in my own make-believe world of pretend and, and stories and books and everything. And so I, you know, I just felt very alone at, like, through my teens, definitely felt very alone, like the weird kid. You know, I didn't have, like, a social circle of of friends that I hung out with or anything like that. And it started to take its toll on me, definitely in high school years when people were pretty pretty brutal. I mean, yeah. they're brutal before that. But um, the, I had a lot of bullying growing up, you know, mm. um, partly because we lived in a mostly white neighborhood and my mom's Mexican and from Mexico, so she her language was... She had a very strong accent, still does. And, um, you know, she was very traditional. So I wasn't allowed to do things that were popular, like going to the football game and hanging out afterwards for pizza with friends and doing sleepovers and going to school dances and all that stuff. I didn't get to do those things. And so um, I think around that teen part of my life, I thought, I need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know who I am. I have no idea who I am because I've never been able to explore what the things I love, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. And so something in me just, it just became really clear to me. I have to get, I have to go somewhere where I can be independent and live my own life without being, you know, told that this was okay and this wasn't okay without that kind of level of of strict guidelines. Yeah. And so I just became like obsessed with Australia. It ah. seemed so bizarre to me, this place. So like, far away. I guess. Too. Well, that was the point, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. where can I go that's as far away from here as yeah. possible? Um, and and seemed really interesting to me. And also the fact that, um, you know, there was such great music coming out of yeah. Australia at that time. Like, you know, and I was all into music and everything. And so I love so much of the Australian music that was coming out in the 80s. It was, it was for me, the Divinals, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like just mental as anything, Midnight Oil, <sighs> Men at Work, um, like all these great yeah. songs. Iconic anthems. Yeah, and Ice House and like all of these great, and I loved Chrissy Amphlett and the Divinals. I just oh. loved her. And so, um, but really those who know me well will out me, so I'm just going to out myself. I had a massive 
I'm going to say maybe beyond crush, love obsession with, of all people, Colin Hay, the lead singer of Men at Work, that no, nobody had a crush on. Because really? I always would pick the weird ones that nobody <laughs> liked. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say that. He's, uh, Men at he's, Work is amazing, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were at that time, absolutely. And so um, it was so funny. And I just, I learned so much about Australia. I had an yeah. Australian map on my bedroom wall. No. I did. You could have asked me anything. I could give you all the facts, everything, the states, the this, the, you know, what was happening and who was from where and I just made it my business to know everything about Australia (laughs) so I just became this really I mean like strange kid became the strange teen who became obsessed with Australia and so in my head I just thought I need to find a way to go there I need to go to this strange and wonderful place so far away on the other side of the world and um and And you did it I did which nobody thought I I would do and and I tell you that's one of my greatest training lessons in tenacity you know, perseverance, because there really was no reason that I was going to do this. I mean, I was in high school. I wanted to do this. I had no reason to do this. But I, um, you know, I studied fashion design when I got out of high school. And um, we had like career days where different companies would come. And Esprit came out, which was a big clothing label in the 80s. Yeah. And and they were talking about their, you know, all over the world. And one of their locations was Australia. I was like... Hmm, I might just follow up with the with a you know letter or a phone call to um, this is before emails, trust me. But um, yeah, and so I followed up, and I just I just pretended that I already w- worked for them. I just was like, hi, I'm just calling to you know find out about when you know what opportunities are there for work and da da da. And I think they just thought I was so <laughs> they thought it was so strange because how good though it was funny. Well, when I think about it, yeah, for that age, I was like 18 years old, and I so was tenacious, like you just said. Yeah, yeah, I just was like, you know, I remember the woman in Melbourne because their head office was in Melbourne, and the woman that answered, um, her name's Cindy, and she actually became a really good friend of mine that we're still in touch now, and. Um, but she she said to me, oh, okay, so when are you going to be, because I said I was in San Diego, and she said, so when are you going to be in Australia? And I'm like, as soon as you hire me, I'll be there. I'll, I'll be there like that. <laughs> I had no idea that it was so complicated and involved to get a work yeah. visa and all that. And, um, yeah, I don't know, just the magic of things where. And it happened. It happened. I spoke to the managing director. No. He called me back. He was intrigued. Who was this person with no reason to be, you know. And um, and then he was coming out for a conference. We met and the deal was done. He's like, we'll get on it. We're going to bring you out. This is great. You know, we love your go get it kind of attitude, yeah. you know, and. And it happened. And so like a year later, I'd moved to Australia. And I didn't know anyone, but I was like. And Melbourne. You were in Melbourne? I went to Melbourne. Yeah. And then so because also like when I was researching you, because you were teaching at 16th Street, but that's obviously got to be down the track for the timeline-wise. Oh, yeah, far far down the track. I lived in Australia for a long time. um, And, and, you know, I, I at the time... Um, after I got there and I still had that bug for acting, but I didn't really know what to do with it. And I started studying with um, an agent that I had gone to speak to, said, you know, well, if you really want to, you know, do anything with this, you should do some classes. And I said, yeah. yes, where, who? Yeah. And she recommended me to an acting teacher in Melbourne named Louise Talmadge. Okay. And I started working with her in classes. And... Um, and then from there, someone recommended Peter Sardi to me, and okay. I went and started working with him. And then, and I worked with both of them for years. And then, uh, when we moved back to um, back to LA years later, I I found out about Ivana Chubbuck, and I went and met with her. So I had only really worked with two teachers before. Wow. Yeah, but I loved it, and I was doing. I ended up doing a lot of um, commercial work in Australia. Yeah, um, I did. Mainly commercial work. I did some like um, uh, industrials and things like that. Yeah. But I would get flown up to Sydney because I was doing Spanish language commercials. Believe it or ah. not, they were doing. Um, they would film for the U.S. market. Their their Spanish speaking commercials. I don't know why, but they were doing them in Australia because I guess it, it was who, you know cheaper. Yeah. Who knows? And there weren't that many people <gasps> that spoke with a perfect you know um, yeah. like you know uh, authentic accent. Um, How interesting. Yeah, so I booked a lot of stuff that way and I loved it more and more and just loved my classes and was wanting to get into more stuff and then we moved back to L.A. and then I started with Ivana and that was like 20 years ago. And so um, and then I was in her class forever and um, for years and 
when I left uh, to head back to Melbourne because my husband had a job in, in yeah. Melbourne and we went back, um, Ivana introduced me to Kim. And she said, oh, God, you've got to get her to teach for you. She's brilliant. She knows my technique inside and out. You need her to be teaching this because at the time no one was teaching it yeah. in Australia. And so we started it up for and the first thing at 16th Street. No. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. It's not funny. It's so interesting to know now. Like I jumped on the Ivana Chubbuck website and there's so many teachers all over the world now that are oh, trained yeah. in the technique and can teach it and – like I, I know even in my experience, like I've had three different experiences with three different Chubbuck teachers, yeah. you know. You're my fave, by the way. <laughs> well, of course you had to say that. <laughs> oh, promise, promise. So, okay, so and then you were teaching in Melbourne. Okay, so I'm probably, um, my timeline's probably jumping around here. Yeah. But I have to ask about John Patrick Shanley because oh. that feels like a pinch yourself kind of moment. It is. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, ha- hang on. How many awards has he run? He's written like over twenty-five different plays, right? Oh God, he's written, written so many more. Than really, that. the man is prolific. Really? I can't even tell you the number of plays he's written. But the ones that are really well known, yeah, I don't know how many. What the numbers would be, to be yeah. honest. But um, no, I mean, he's always writing. I mean, he has so many plays no one's ever even seen. They're just in, you know, in his mind, in the computer somewhere or something. Uh. But. Um, no, he's he's amazing. Um, that was a pinch yourself moment for me, particular. Well, it would have been for anybody, to be honest. You know, he's right? King. Yeah. No, he's well. I mean, he's a Pulitzer, Tony, and Oscar award-winning playwright director. Um, he's you know he's worked with the best of the best, from Meryl Streep to yeah. Tom Hanks to um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Oh my God, he's amazing. I mean, just everybody. You know, he's worked with so many incredible. Oh. Um, Timothy Chalamet, he works with a lot. Um, and uh, who? someone the other day that I recently went, oh, I didn't realize he'd worked with her, was um, Amy, oh, Amy Jodie Foster, Amy oh. Adams, um, uh, uh, Deborah Messing. Yeah. You know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody, you know. And he's, and I said this to you before, his accent, that real Bronx. <laughs> the Bronx accent. Oh, he's a, a Bronx accent. boy, true and true, right? It's a hard accent. Well, a New York-based accent is really hard for an Aussie to do. I don't know if you probably know that, but it feels really distant and yeah. very far away. So I heard his and I was like, oh, this just feels so amazing to listen to. It takes to. you to a place, doesn't it? Yeah. It takes you to a place. It's like that strong. Anyway, I digress. So how did that happen? Because you guys have been working together for quite well, a while now. Yeah, we have been. But um, how it started was in 2014, I co-founded a theater company here mm-hmm. in L.A. called Australian Theater Company. And that came about because I had a lot of Australian students that I had taught back in um, at 16th Street and yeah. other places. And when I came back to L.A., a lot of them had come to L.A. for work. So they yeah. were working here. And so it was great because I was able to keep coaching them and working with them. Yeah. And one of the things that came up again and again was that they would say, um, that they missed being able, although they loved being here and working and, and all of that, and they were fabulous with the American accent, honestly. It's just so impressive every time to me. But um, they they really missed being able to work in their own language and tell their own stories and, you yeah. know, just that that little um, sort of a, a community of yeah. family that was that the Australian actor kind mm. of thing. And, you know, I heard it from enough people where I thought there's something about this, like we should – you know, why aren't we doing Australian plays with Australian actors? There's so many in L.A. I mean, there's there's so many in L.A. They're all here, I think. But um, <laughs> uh, and then but I, you know, I wasn't thinking about creating a theater company at the time I was coaching and and, and working like that. So um, but then I went to a reading that one of my students invited me to. She was doing. And it was for holding the man, oh. and it was such a beautiful play. I was so, and I'd never heard. I didn't know oh. the play. I wasn't familiar, and I was so deeply moved by it. And Larry Moss was um, considering directing it at the time, and so he was there, and I knew him from Sixteenth Street, mm. and so you know we were chatting, and then, and I didn't know the actor who was playing the lead character, and I didn't know. Um, I knew some of the actors that were reading it. There was a few students of mine in it. There's like three, I think, and. Um, so I was just really impressed and I reached out 
via email or Instagram or something, I can't remember, some, you know, mm-hmm. to the, the guy that had arranged the reading and he ended up being one of the co-founders of the theatre company. We decided to produce this play. and Holding um, the Man. Yeah, Holding oh. the Man. And Larry Moss did end up directing it. Everyone listening needs to see. There's also a movie, Holding the Man Now. Yeah, as well. it came out yeah. after we had done the play. That's right. Oh. Court. Yeah. So incredible. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so we just, we're going to do this one play and then it just did so well. I mean, black box theater in Hollywood doesn't get massive attention generally. It doesn't get like, you know, that on the big scale that big theaters do. But we because you just explained to me before this what black box. I didn't know what black box theater was. So is that? Do you say ninety nine seats? Yeah, black box theater is ninety nine seats. Yeah, yeah, or so or smaller under, or less. than yeah, the big than the big. They're places. more yeah, they're intimate houses. So they they operate under a different rule. Uh huh. Um, they're. Um, you know, it's a smaller theater. Uh, the uh, The budget is much smaller. Like people basically create theater that they that they put their money into to be yeah. able to make. It's not like there's no big budgets or anything Passion like projects. that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's all it is. And um, and so this was yeah, black box theater, ninety nine seat theater. And um, uh, what was I going to say about that? I've lost my train of thought. Holding uh, the man, and then there was the four of you that created. Oh, so Black Box Theater doesn't normally get that attention, right? Yeah. But we ended up um, getting a um, a write up in the LA Times, and I think it was just because Larry Moss was the director, really, and the play was very good, obviously. Yeah. Um, but we wouldn't have gotten that attention if someone else had been directing. I know that for sure. But Larry invited some of his friends to come, like Jason Alexander came to oh, see wow. it, and. Um, you know, uh, gosh, um, I'm trying to think of all the names. I'm but terrible. for people listening that don't aren't in acting world, Larry Moss is famously linked to Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, right? he's his is acting coach for he, everything. Yeah, so if you ever Google, and, yeah, and there's heaps. There's yeah, there's he- heaps. Yes, heaps. Okay. Nathan Lane, who's the king of Broadway, and yeah. he always works with him. Um, you know, lots of people, but yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. Is the like so? If you hear Larry Moss, you, you're you're kind of like ears prick up. Yeah, definitely. But actors and non-actors as well. I think people like he's a pretty profound person in the and yeah. This is what made me when I was researching you get so excited about you working with John Patrick Shanley because I audited Larry Moss working on Doubt. Oh, right, yeah. And I was blown away. Like I'd never read the play before. Oh, really? And so it was my first taste and my first taste was Larry working on it. What a great way to be introduced to it. Right? And that's when I – and then when I started researching you, I was like – putting all these dots yeah. together. Yeah. It sounds like you've had such, you've worked with such incredible people. Yeah, I've been very lucky and I, you know, I really have. I, I've worked really hard but that doesn't always produce, you know, that the kind of opportunities that I've had. There's a lot of people working hard that don't have those opportunities and, you know, there's many more I wish I had so it's not, but but still I know that I've been very lucky. I, I acknowledge the fact that and I'm so grateful because, a lot of times I'm pinching myself going, you know, why? Like, you know, why do they, why, why me, but you know? Could, could it also be that weird girl, you know, that like, yes. that quirk and that imagination? And I know like as a student of yours, like because like I think acting, like there's a component of it where you have to be really courageous and yes, kind of like face absolutely. a fear and to have your real nurturing nature around it, I, I, I know that I'm like, I might stuff this up right now, but it's okay. <laughs> like, and it's so you've got such a lovely combination of yes tenacity, but there's like a real uh, nurturing side to you too. So oh, I think that's. You. And I I read a quote where you hey you said like my passion is discovering that light bulb moment with actors. Yeah, I is love that kind of what makes you tick? And that's absolutely. Yeah. I love seeing when they're sort of looking at you like a deer in the headlights and they're yeah. just like there's so much information and they're, they're head swirling and you know and you're thinking oh gosh okay this is I need to find a different way in you know and and because ultimately always it's like if, a, if an actor is not understanding something it's my responsibility to make sure that they do always it's not you know because really they come it's not like they don't want to do well it's not like actors show up and they're like hey i just want to be like really shit at this and like you know yeah, they, yeah, they totally. want to learn so if if they're going there and they're showing up and they're paying their money to be there 
then my job, my responsibility is to make sure that I make it as simple as possible for them. And that's not always easy because it's not simple. You know, it's multi-layered and there's a lot to it. But, um, you know, it's, I just, I think it's such a gift for me. Like I'm the one getting the gift. You know, when you see that light bulb moment come on where they're like, oh my God, I just, I just got something. Or like, ah, Yes. Oh my God, that changes everything. And you're like, yes. You know, I want to jump up and celebrate with them. But that's also a testament to you as well, because you're creating a space where they feel safe to try new things on or. That's really important to me. Yeah. Like even, I don't know if you remember, we worked uh, together and I played two different characters. That's right. And one From came, the same play. Yeah. <laughs> and one came really natural. Like I was like, oh, that's right. this feels like just putting on a t-shirt. This feels great. Yeah. And the other one I really struggled with and I, it, it felt the opposite to my, like, my natural state. Yes. And I remember you just said one thing at the end and you were like, I can feel, you could feel that I was stuck. I knew you could feel yeah. it. And I felt so safe to feel like I wasn't getting it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And you asked me one single question, like you just said, like, how are you feeling right now? How are you? And I was like, I feel feel like I could fail at this or something and then you were like go and then you just we did the scene ran so much go fail yeah and it was just like one little like it was almost like you opened a little door that I didn't see was there Mm -hmm. and I just had to like be brave enough to step it you were like come into this little room you're fine and then it was amazing the feeling afterwards because I will say this and I, I actually read it um on your Instagram a student gave it as a testimonial but like one side that I never and I wasn't planning on talking about this with you today but one side of acting and actors that I don't know if it's an Australian thing because that's been my experience with training but like um, there's a mean side and there's a real competitive side and there's a jealousy side. Between actors? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah and I've definitely experienced it just in in training and I noticed um, someone wrote a beautiful testimonial about you and he wrote, Jackie Diamond is the key to the next step in nurturing you in this sometimes unkind profession, the woman is a pro. And that was by a guy called Dustin Gulledge. Gulledge. Yeah, yeah, he was beautiful. I directed him in a John Patrick Shanley play. Oh, there you go, full yeah. circle. Yeah, full circle. <laughs> and he did our John, uh, John Patrick Shanley um, workshop in New York. Oh, wow. So that's how I met him is he applied for that, did it, and, and he really, you know, he was just such a beautiful and generous yeah. actor. And and he'd, he'd worked on Broadway with Tom Hanks. He originated <sighs> a role in Nora Ephron uh, play. And so he, you know, he came with his own yeah. full, you know, life. And um, he was amazing to work with in the, in the workshop. And um, I knew that I wanted to speak to him about doing this role when I was going to direct this play. How so, cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I just, I think back to that, like I, it's a testament to you because like I think, and I don't know if it's the Aussie tall poppy thing, mm-hmm. but I've found it a bit like I remember there were a few times I'd put a scene up and be really nervous but at the end of it feel so happy that I kind of got outside my comfort zone and like a like a mate from my class would be like, oh, well, you're not a theatre girl, you didn't do that well. And I was oh, just God. like, wow. That's terrible. <laughs> my God, who would say that? That's awful. <laughs> but that stuff can kind of happen a little bit in Australia and I think the media industry in yeah. Australia is competitive and Well, the market's smaller. Tiny. You know, yeah. Right? So like, there is more competition. You see less of that here, funnily enough. I've heard it's the opposite yeah, here. The, like People are really excited for you when yeah. you do well and they're there for you when you don't. It's very different. You'll see... You know, um, we're about to start classes, uh, weekly yeah. classes, and Lola's coming into my class again. I'm not so very excited. <laughs> um, and you'll see, it's a, it's a really beautiful and welcoming community. I mean, the actors are there for you, and, and you know, if you feel like you've, like, oh, I didn't get there, or you know, uh, my inner work didn't kind of, you know, didn't really sustain me in this, and I wasn't able to kind of get where I wanted to go with it or whatever. They're like, you know, that was great. You know, you yeah. did this and this was great. And they'll pull out the things that you did that they loved and they'll really, they're just very, it's a supportive community. It's really beautiful. Oh, I'm so excited. Like in Australia, when I do a health segment on morning TV, mm-hmm. you will then get kind of like held for three months because they've got other nutritionists or health professionals that they'll put in your place and they don't want the audience to get tired of you. And oh. then you, so I've got a book coming out in a few months and so I'm on what's called a media blackout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it, I'm on what's called a media blackout right now. So I can't even do podcasts as a oh. guest because 
Australian because the media world is so much smaller. Right. You kind of want to save up and then be like, I'm here. Right. It's that's so interesting. Opposite. And when I've met with agents here in America, they're like, oh, no, that's the opposite way. We would say the more that you can do, the more you can spread your message or be Absolutely. out there. Yeah. So it's just fascinating. And I did have a question here and – this is now like more generalised acting questions, but do you find a massive difference between Australian actors and American actors? Um, no, I don't find a massive difference between them, but I will say that uh, what I loved about Australian actors, um, you know, and I found that uh, there was this one difference, is that Australian actors come more from the that British mentality of like really studying the classics and doing yeah. a conservatory type program, whether it's a two-year or, you know, or they study overseas, they go to London or they go to New York and they do like a three-year program. And um, and so I, I found it an absolute joy to work with Australian actors because they had that sense of um, understanding already. There was like a shortcut that you could do. Um, you could go in and they understood something about it or they were at least familiar with it, you know. Yeah. You know, part of um, this technique, you know, at the studio, at Ivana Studio is the minimum is six to eight hours rehearsal a week. Yeah, and you told us that at the start of our class. I remember I went in, I did a self-tape right before I moved here Uh and I called another actor friend. I was like, can we put this tape down together? It's going to be great for both our showreels anyway. Like let's just do it together. I walked in, I had the full chubby 12 steps Mm -hmm. um, written all over my script down there. You're such a little tenacious (laughs) worker, you, Lola. (laughs) You know, listen, my script was like, like a lot of grey lead pencil going on yes. here and, and um, you know, beats, actions, the works, right? And I looked at the other actor's script and it was empty. Like it was just the right. – be- be- and I thought, oh, maybe they, they keep a clean one for their audition, but I don't know. And uh, and I got into the the self-tape and I was like, oh, my goodness, they've just wrote, learnt on accent. That's all that's happened here. Oh, wow. So there was no choices. There was nothing that was like – and it, it was re- – it was – I'd never experienced that before and I'm not saying one was better than the other but it made me think I've done all this work. But, I mean, one is better than the other, to be honest, because yeah. if you've not made any choices about the the role that you're playing, how can you possibly do anything that, that – has any real truth to it you know how and it was a really loaded scene like it was a really loaded brother sister like it was big it was relationship I mean all the best you know works are always relationship yeah and the thing is it's so it's a strange thing you know this learning by rote and memorizing everything yeah I have found um you know, because I, I thought that too, you know, back in when I was first kind of, oh, I've got to memorize all my yeah. lines. And, you know, what I found um, over many, many years of working, doing this is that you don't need to worry about memorizing your lines if you do the work. Totally. Because if you're doing the work, you're absorbing them as oh. you're going. And you'll find by the end of it, you pretty much know it. Yeah. I mean, you might want to run it through and run lines for a bit to kind of just yeah. whatever. But the lines, the lines will come through the work. Because yeah. the thing is, you're also making choices as you go through the work. So yeah. as you're making choices, you're having to um, personalize things. And so when you're reading a certain section, you've already personalized it with certain things that totally. will make you connected. There will It's a way in for you, right? So you've had to really look at that and think about it and, and, and you know, make strong choices um, and do all of that kind of inner work. So by the time you finished, you're like, oh, well, I already know it. Totally. You I know? completely agree with so you. So don't go – yeah, I think that's the thing is like people go back to front. They're like I'm going to memorize the lines and then I'm going to maybe do some work on it. And it's like no, don't worry I, about memorizing yeah. the lines. Do the work and then at the end you might need a little brush up on the lines. But for the most part you'll have them. Yeah, I completely agree with you. There's a mistake that I always make. So I'm excited to ask about like uh, mistakes that you see that are common with actors. But for me, so yes, That's I'll do one. all that work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but when I do all that work, mm-hmm. I'll hold on really tight. So that 12th step in the Ivana Chubbuck technique, which is let, let it go. Let it go. I'm not so good at that, Jackie. Yeah, I I'm hold not surprised. on. <laughs> I'm not surprised, and I'll tell you why. Because you are so good at so many different things that you do, which require you to be very um, structured. 
You know, you're like, you do things one, two, three, four, five, and you make sure every box is checked. And, you know, that's what makes you, well, one of the things that makes you so successful at all the different things that you do. And that's great, but it's it's the hardest thing to let go of. Mm. You know, you have to be able to let it go because otherwise you do all this beautiful work and then you're still living in it. Yeah. And that means when you get up to do, to, to perform, whether it's, you know, uh, it, it, whether it's in class or whether you're actually like on the stage or on set or whatever, we're going to see the wheels turning. Yeah. Because we're going to see you thinking about, oh, okay, so right now I'm going to uh, have this behavior or I've yeah. written this down. And and so then it feels choreographed and it feels really unnatural. And I've had a lot of actors say like, oh, I don't want to make all those choices because I want to just kind of go with the flow and the vibe. I don't want to think about it. And it's like, no, 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 no. You do think about it and you do write down as many possibilities as possible mm. because that will allow you to be able to, to have the freedom to just see what comes organically in the moment. Yeah. But you've got to have the work in place to be able to let it go. You totally. Know, some people do all this beautiful work and they can't let it go. Like you were saying, a lot yeah. of people struggle with that. That 12th step is actually really, really hard for a lot of people, the letting it go, because they've done all this work. They want to, it's like, well, I'm not throwing it away. I worked hard for this, you know, and so they want to hang on to it tooth and nail. But then there's the opposite too. There's people who are like, yeah, I'm just going to let it all go, but they haven't done the work. And yeah. if you haven't done the work, you can't yeah. let it go. <laughs> Do you know, I got a, a wonderful note one day and it was so hard to swallow, but it, it totally fit me to stop trying so yes. hard. And I was like, oh, that's the hardest thing to hear. But it was so perfect because yes. I was like, no one needs to see all the work you've done, Lola. Like it, it, it's it's in your bones. Like yeah. it's with you. You don't need to be like, look at what I've done. It's like you need to trust in what you've done, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually shared, um, I think it was to my story a couple of weeks ago, a quote that I saw that I really, I really loved because it's the truth, you know, about what so many actors go through. And it was something along the lines of, and I wish I could remember it perfectly, but it was something along the lines of um, people don't, begin to understand the amount of work that you do as an actor. They just, you know, yeah. it's, it's there, right? They don't understand what it takes to yeah, be an actor. totally. And they shouldn't. Yeah. Right? And they shouldn't. I mean, yeah. the work should be, the work, doing all that work allows you, if you're really doing the work and you're really going for it, right, it allows you to be effortless. Of course. That's why the best, it's like, and oh, God, they make it look so easy. Yeah. And you're like this couldn't be further from the truth. You know, it's a skill. It's a craft. Mm. They make it look easy because people who master their craft make it look that way, but they work really hard to make it look. And that's not even just as an actor, right? You see a great cellist playing. You're like, oh, yeah. my God. It's just like floating through the air. Oh. That, that took years of every you're, day. You're making me so excited for class. I'm so I'm excited like, for class. I do I this wait. thing where I can't believe I'm admitting this to you, but I do this thing where I'm like, oh, maybe – Maybe my maybe my bones is to be a TV host because acting's really scary uh, and it's this protection thing I yeah, think I do. So now I'm like, yeah. you've made me so hungry. Uh, another thing you post on your Instagram, I love, and it's um, I love it, that my Instagram's making such a mark oh, on you. It'll be ta- it'll be tagged it'll be tagged in the show notes. But uh, well, it's how I research a lot of people because it's yeah. a creative and visual way that people share themselves. That's true. And this was a quote that said, every master was once a beginner. Now mm. I want to know, and I've asked this and I've heard a lot of teachers speak to this, but how much is hard work and how much is natural talent? Mm. I think um, m- most of it is hard work, to be honest with yeah. you. I think there is natural talent, absolutely. I mean, some people just have an affinity and it's yeah. just integral to who they are, right? They're doing things before they know what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I'm a master at anything, but you know, like I was saying about I was doing stuff I didn't know that's what that was. Yeah. It was acting, you know, make believe and creating stories and doing things. And and people are just drawn to certain things from a very early age. Yeah. But um I think that, you know, you have a certain spark. We all have it for something. And it sometimes people spend their whole lives trying to find exactly what that spark mm. is. But we all have something. You know, there's something in our spirit that makes us have a purpose in life. It gives us purpose, right? So, um, you know, there's that thing, but it doesn't matter if you have it, if you don't do the work, if you don't do anything with it. You know, do you know how many great, talented, brilliant people there are in the world who are, you know, just doing jobs they're not really fulfilled in, that they don't really love because they're like, look, I could, but it would just be so hard and I just don't have the time. And it's like, 
you make the time if it matters to you. You know, you do. I mean, there's a lot of people who are very successful now who, you know, put in the hard work very, very early on yeah. when it didn't make sense and they didn't have the time and they didn't have the support and they didn't have, you know, the right geographical location to be able to do, you know, they just weren't in ideal circumstances. But it mattered enough mm. that they did whatever they did, whether it was working two jobs and then going to class or, or you know, um, volunteering your time in class to get a free class when you couldn't afford it or, mm. you know, whatever it was, people find their way around it and they do it and they make it work. And sometimes it means you're not getting as much sleep. But, hey, what are you, 20s for, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jackie Diamond, you are such a wonderful human being. So if people want to know more about you, I'm going to put for the actor in the show notes. But also if Aussies are coming to LA and want to take a lesson or where do you teach? I teach at Ivana Chubbuck Studios in Hollywood. Awesome. And um, you can go on the Ivana Chubbuck website. I'll link it. Yeah, and you can go on there and check out classes. Um, You can also... Um, check out my website for the actor because I do also do private coaching. Yes. Um, and uh, so there's there's lots of possibilities, you know, but um, the classes are are weekly in Hollywood. So I cannot I wait. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, that, it's on Melrose, right? It's on Melrose. I'm so yeah, excited. That's right in the heart of everything. <gasps> and uh, it's it's a really great community. I mean, look, we the, it's it's it, you're working. There, there's work to be done, but yeah. it's an, in a very loving, supportive environment. Um, my thing with actors is always like being conscious of what we're asking of them, you know, and I was reminded of it recently, what we're asking of them. So I know that they're putting in a lot. It takes a lot for them to be there. So mm. I want to make sure that I'm of service, you know, that I'm oh. valuable to them, that I can do, you know, shed some light and guide them in something. So, you know, it's come and, and do the things and fall on your face and know that you're going to be supported and loved and encouraged. Oh, I love it. I saw this on your uh, page as well. This is a John Patrick Shanley quote. You must find the courage in yourself in order to move forward in life. It's a muscle and it must be exercised first a little and then more and more. Yeah, that's a goodie. Right? Yeah. That's that makes me feel like so excited to Yeah, keep and there's studying. another part to to that quote that says um uh, uh I think it's a deep breath or a big breath, a deep breath and a leap. Yeah. And so that's where we are, right? <gasps> Taking big leaps, let's, big deep breaths and leaping. Let's do it, my friend. Yeah, you're already doing it. Look at you here in LA. Oh. I love it. Well, I'm honored to be your student and Yeah, I cannot wait to see what comes next. Yeah, me too. Big love. Thank you. That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lollaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And of course, spread the love. Mm